let's face it, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. And I loved Roger the host. No doubt a descendant of Roger the cabin boy. This podcast was recorded remotely and contains adult themes and language. Hello and welcome to TV DNA The Watchlist. A little bit later on, I, Adam Henning, will be talking to Mr. Neil Shepek about The Chosen One, our featured show this week. But before then, I have been joined by Grace Chapman. Hello. And Izzy Dixon. Hello. So we've just finished recording our final episode of The Bear, and I've persuaded you to come back on just to tell us a little bit about what you've been watching and some of the upcoming shows that we've got coming out this week. So Izzy, what have you been watching? I am, for those who remember last time I was on the watch list, which was a little while ago now, I've been up in Edinburgh and generally around the country. Um, I started watching The Boys, which I mentioned in a previous watch list episode. I'm now on season two and quite near the end of season two. I've really burnt through it. I am really enjoying it. I mean, more exploding heads than I've ever seen in any other TV show. Yeah, I'm so glad you're enjoying it. There's, is there three seasons out? There's three seasons out and I did look, season four is coming out, was meant to be later this year, but will have been pushed back because of the writer strikes. But I did read some stuff about it, which I thought was quite interesting. Apparently it's got the most disgusting thing they've yet done on screen. It's going to be in season four, which if anyone's seen the boys, that's saying something. There's some stuff in season three that, I mean, they every season it gets it gets bigger and bigger, but there is some stuff in season three. That I cannot wait for you to watch because um, it is yes. incredible stuff. There's also the spin-off uh, Gen V, which is kind of like the the young heroes, which is due out uh, later on this year. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about that. So if if that ends up being something we want to cover on the show, then I'm very up for that. But that's been my main thing. And then I've also I'm also trying to finish the power, which I know I've been watching for ages. But if anyone has kept up with my ongoing saga of this, me and my housemate watch it together. We have very different schedules. So us lining up for an hour of TV happens rarely. So we are very close to the end. So I'm hoping in the next watch list, I can talk about my feelings on the series as a whole. Overall positive, it's just taken me months to to get through it. Fair enough. How about you, Grace? I'm afraid I haven't watched much. I, I like Izzy, it's been a busy time. But um, obviously The Bear, which we've just spoken about, which uh, listeners, if you haven't watched The Bear yet, what are you doing with your <laughs> life? <laughs> basically we're all in agreement it's uh one of the best tv shows we've seen so move on to that uh yeah basically I'm, I'm kind of in this point now where i want to start like get my teeth into a new big series and i've basically got a choice guys you ready yeah silo yeah or yellow jackets yellow jackets adam you've seen both obviously i will watch both eventually I'm leaning towards Silo because my sister's desperate to talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's really, really tough. They're both brilliant. I think if you've got someone who's desperate to talk to you about it, then maybe go for Silo. But <laughs> you won't you won't be disappointed either way. I think Yellow Jackets, you're going to, I think knowing you and knowing your taste, I think you're going to love. Um, it's harder for me to talk about Silo because I actually haven't seen it. But it is also on my list of things I will get around to watching. I think the one benefit of the writer's strike is that there's, you know, we're not going to be getting lots of new shows anytime soon. So it's a really good opportunity to go back to my list of things I've been meaning to get around to and actually get on it. I've heard very good things, obviously. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about Yellow Jackets. Okay, I'll just do both. It's fine, not a problem. Whatever. <laughs> well, they're both they're both quite dark. <laughs> That's the one thing I would say. 
Hey, look, winter is coming, guys. It's all good. Well, I've watched, I, I try and watch like the first episode of stuff that, that comes out new. And um, I was curious about The Bold Type on the BBC iPlayer. Now, this is uh, an old show that all five seasons, it's an Australian show, I think. I might have that wrong. But it's got Megan Fahey in it, who was brilliant in The White Lotus. So that was kind of why I was a bit more curious about it. It's very much Sex and the City light style show in that you've got these three friends who all work for this women's magazine. And yeah, I only really got about 10 minutes into the episode before I realised it really wasn't for me as uh, as target audience. I was literally going to make the target audience joke. Um, I just feel like I'm going to out Grace at this point. When you say you've not been watching a lot, you have been watching and just like that. Oh, yes. Have you? <laughs> I have. And it's been difficult. You're having like a girls night in to watch it tomorrow. Watch the finale tomorrow. It's um, Cosmos. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta you gotta be pissed basically. It's the only way. <laughs> no, well, it's maybe, like... maybe you could follow it up, Grace, with with an episode of the bold type, because I think it is I think it's watchable and well put together. And it, you know, potentially could fill a gap once once and just like that's over. Well, you say that, but uh I was gonna save this for news, but and just like that has been renewed for season three. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> There are 52 episodes of the bold type available as well. So, you know, there's plenty, plenty to watch. There. Bring on back holiday weekends. I have finished my my big watch of Dead to Me on Netflix. And there are there were 30 episodes of this, three seasons. The third season came out earlier this year. And Christina Applegate has been nominated for a, uh, an acting award on the Emmys. I love this show. I actually haven't seen season three because it came out when me and Grace were at a real crunch time of work. And I I know from experience with the other two seasons that if I started watching it, that was all I was going to do. So um, I'm really looking forward to picking up season three once Edinburgh Fringe Madness dies down. I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I, I think this show is brilliant. I love Christina Rappelgate. I love uh, Linda Cardellini. I think it's a really great ensemble. I think the twists and turns are great. It's silly, but it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I think for those who don't know, Christina Applegate plays an angry widow and real estate agent with two sons. Uh, and she listens to death metal to relax. And then Linda Cardellini is this sort of sweet spiritual care home worker slash artist who's very good at telling tales. But um, yeah, and there's more to kind of her than meets the eye. But it's essentially about their relationship over the course of these three seasons. It does the sort of end of episode cliffhanger thing brilliantly. That's kind of its thing. And sometimes those things get resolved within five minutes of the next episode. (laughs) And sometimes they play out over a longer period of time. I did really enjoy the journey. I I think Linda Cardellini is my favourite. I've got a big soft spot for her. She's so good. Uh, But it it is a little bit nuts in places. It's funny... There are definitely funny moments in there. I did find it. They've got a really good banter between the two of them. And I yeah. think that's, that's where it all really, really works. It's more fun than funny, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think they really lean into the fact it can be quite melodramatic. And they, you know, they they sort of play with that a little bit. But it's very, yeah, the relationship between them is brilliant. They meet at a grief support group. 
and like the whole the whole kind of friendship and how it unfolds is just like it's great but the kind of twists and turns it throws in the sort of the way the audience know information before the characters do i think it's really well really well placed and really well plotted and i would say if you enjoy bad sisters which i know we talked about on the podcast there's strong bad sisters vibes i think yeah there's definitely emotional beats around grief parenting and, and romance i think are all really well judged within the the comedy of it all and i think you know if you're a fan of the first two seasons you will the third season delivers uh it's also got james marsden in it and i've had a lot of james marsden on my tv screen because i've watched all of jury duty which is another emmy nominated comedy this is a fake trial where everybody apart from one juror so the judge the bailiff all of the lawyers the plaintiff and defendant all of the other jurors are actors and this one juror is unaware of the fact that everybody else is an actor and he's involved in a fake trial. And initially I was like, what's the point? Why? Why is this thing happening? But it's strangely compelling. It's like watching a a really slow car crash. The characters and the scenarios that they throw at him to see how he behaves are very, very funny. And the ending of it all was just perfect for me. I so I watched the first episode of this a while ago I think when it came out and I did really enjoy it again it was just when a lot of TV was on and I didn't sort of quite come back to it but it's on the list but I I really enjoyed the first episode there's like an element of cringe to it that I can understand some people not enjoying I really really love Nathan for you which I know I've talked about doing a big rewatch of that at the moment and I say it's got very similar vibes to that in a lot of ways yes definitely those cringe moments I think all they're never get too big I think it's, it works really really well as a concept and as a show and by the end of it I highly recommend it now having watched the whole thing um I think what I enjoyed most about it is James Marsden plays himself so he's a juror he thinks well he plays it so he thinks he's going to get out of jury duty because he's a famous actor and he's too well known and the judge famously is in the trailer he's like well I've never heard of you so he ends up having to be a juror yeah, James James Marsden playing a kind of fictionalised version of himself is just like, it's worth it for that alone. Yeah, the stuff they get him to do is incredible. So yeah, that's really good. The other show that I finished is From, which is the Sky Sci-Fi second season of From uh, with Harold Perrineau. And again, really enjoyed that. It occasionally slips into well-worn tropes and suffers from scenes being longer than they need to be. But it's got a really great set of characters you can get invested in. Plenty of satisfying horror moments. And just about enough forward momentum in terms of plot. The mystery elements of it work really, really well. And I'm now desperate for the third season to come. So hopefully it will. From is on Sky Sci-Fi and Now TV. And it's kind of a yeah mystery, thriller, horror show. I know I asked this on every watch list, but can we have an update on Adam's watch list and how that's going? Yeah, Parks and Rec. Uh, I've now finished season four. So I think I'm in season five. So it is... Um, yeah, still going strong. Yeah, I'm loving it. Just absolutely loving it. I think Ron Swanson more and more, I just find to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Season four has what I think is the funniest moment of television ever, which is the uh, when Leslie's relaunching her campaign and they have the the ice rink episode. Yes. I don't want to give away like more than that in case people are kind of on the journey of watching it because you need to see it and kind of be coming to it fresh. Yeah. But I think it's like my favourite moment of comedy TV ever. Me too. Because, because because it's all of them together as well, right? On in yeah. that moment is, is and it just goes favorite. on for so long. Yeah, it's, like they just play that out. It's so great. Yeah, 
and just and you know people like Paul Rudd popping up here and there and you know the cameos in it are still fantastic. Should we quickly talk about a couple of shows coming soon? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, a quick question for you, Adam: Who is Erin Carter? She's a British teacher in Spain who finds herself caught up in a supermarket robbery, or is she? When one of the robbers claims to recognise her, her life threatens to unravel. Erin is a mum, wife, and school teacher. Who is she really? Are you confused, <laughs> listeners? So are we a little bit. This is Who is Erin Carter, which is coming out on Netflix on Thursday, the 24th of April. It stars Evan Ahmed and Sean Teal. So what, we're thinking sort of um, mistaken identity? Uh, well, I watched the trailer for this and um, it turns out that Erin's got a few moves. So she's not just your normal mum, wife and school teacher. She's, I think she's got a past that um, perhaps nobody else really knows about. Um, just also wanted to confirm it's 24th of August. Uh, we don't have to wait till April next year. Did I say April? Wow. <laughs> That's special, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually available tomorrow at time of recording. Well, the space obviously has been through some renovations recently. They've uh, got a new lift. Um, which TVDNA did a fundraiser to support. So while we're talking about buildings and strong foundations, I'm excited about Women in the Wall. <laughs> Sunday, the 27th of August. Uh, Lorna hasn't slept and she has no intention of doing so until she finds out what Aoife Cassidy knew. The town's laundry survivors are campaigning for justice and Lorna discovers that Aoife spoke to another survivor. Uh, this has Ruth Wilson in it, so I'm definitely going to watch. Um, and Daryl McCormick. So yeah, great, great cast. And um, yeah, I, I think this looks really, really great. I'm really excited about this. I'd be up for chatting about it on a watch list. When they say laundry survivors, we're assuming the Magdalena laundries in Ireland. Gotcha. This does sound interesting. And also, whatever Ruth Wilson touches turns to gold. What I will say is this does remind me of the worst decision I think I ever made, which was I decided when I was really hungover one day to watch the Magdalene laundries, mm -mm. which is a devastating film. I don't know what went through my mind. I just turned on Netflix. I just thought, sure. I don't think you talk about it. It's a classic feel-good. Classic feel-good film for the morning after. <laughs> I watched the trailer for this, and I think um, Ruth Wilson's character is a sleepwalker. It just looks like a really, really awesome show. I'm definitely going to be watching, and I agree. This will probably be our watch list episode for next week. And if you want to watch along, listeners, it's out on Sunday the 27th of August on the Dear BBC. Um, I'll save the other bits coming out soon for Neil. But is there any news items you wanted to, to chat about? Oh, well, I'm very excited about the fact that Sex Education's creators hinted that there may be spin-off shows in the future. Um, we know that next season is going to be the last one. I am personally devastated about this. It's one of my favourite TV shows. So, yeah, the, the idea of that world kind of continuing is happy news for me. So many brilliant, I mean, so many brilliant characters. I don't know how they include all of them in in a season and give them all the time that they deserve but there's so much room for more stories to be told within that world I think and we've seen a little sneak peek at uh, season two of The Tourist brackets Jamie Dawn and running <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can pop the link of the uh, sneak peek in the um, podcast description but the first look photos were literally Jamie Dawn and running I'm quite excited for the second season of The Tourist. Did you watch the first one? 
I did, yeah. I think we covered it in either. I think we did a watch list on it, didn't we? Specifically on that. I I liked it too. I really like that kind of offbeat, quirky thriller. Essentially, it, I mean, look, the tourists walked so Deadlock could run. <laughs> Grand. Well, thank you very much for this. Then I'll, I'm going to pick up all of the rest of the stuff with Neil tomorrow night. I can't help but notice that most of the stuff is Star Wars or sci-fi related. Have fun with that. You have a good old time. I will indeed. All right. <laughs> see you soon. Bye. Okay, so I'm back now. I've had a sleep and I'm here for the second part of the watch list. This time with added Neil Shepek. Bless you, my son. <laughs> so, Neil, you have watched our featured show of this week, which was uh, Netflix's The Chosen One. It's the story of 12-year-old Jodie who wakes up one day to discover that he's got the same powers as Jesus Christ. Well, that kind of happens over the course of the first few episodes, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not immediate, just slowly no. different characteristics or powers yeah. come up. Very much about this young boy and his mum and his friends in uh, Mexico and kind of the adventures that they go on initially and then the sort of new powers that he discovers that he has and the ramifications of all of that. Yeah, what did you think of Chaserman? I've only watched up to episode four. I know you finished, Adam, but basically life of brian that's been <laughs> updated to a youth mexican era i mean i've always i mean i'm not religious but i've always loved the the story of jesus and the stories of the bible you know i, I performed in passion plays i've directed passion plays you know like the whole the whole thing I, I've always been interested in, although I've never necessarily believed it. I know Jesus initially was a real person. There, there are accounts of him. But I, I think as a story, there's loads of great parables and kind of messages for life. With Jodie and The Chosen One, I I think it's entertaining. I, I, I mean, it's I don't think it's... I don't think it's amazingly written. I think the different powers that he has and the references, like his time in the desert, the turning water into wine, the washing of the feet, the fact that his friend's called Magda after Mary Magdalene. You know, Jody's also a five-letter name that begins with J for Jesus. I think, if I'm honest, that it's a little bit clumpy. But I am enjoying it, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, his surname is is Christiansen. <laughs> and his, his mum is, I think, well, his mum's called Sarah, but but I think one of her uh, pseudonyms, she has different names, is, is Marie. There's, there's some, some bits which do feel, you know, a little on the nose. This is based on the American Jesus graphic novel by Mark Miller. So, and the artist, Pete yeah. Cross. Yes. I found I found the first episode fascinating, actually. I thought it really, really interesting. I loved the relationship between... The group of friends so as well as magda yeah. who's the sort of female love interest you've got hippolyta who is a sort of an older boy who also has a thing for magda and yeah. you've got wagner who's he's into sort of magic and he's kind of documenting everything so he's, he's filming everything does these magic tricks and he's the kind of one behind them using you know, a, a miracle happens to Jody at the end of the first episode, and he uses that to kind of earn money. And then you've got Tuka, who's this little firecracker of a kid. It's just brilliant. Quite a lot of the sense, I feel like, comes from Tuka in a lot of these episodes. They go on this pilgrimage to find this siren, 
and there is real jeopardy in that first episode as they're crossing mm-hmm. crossing the desert it's really gripping stuff and it felt quite mythical and spiritual without being heavy on the religion side of things mm-hmm. in that first episode. i think religion comes to play a much much bigger part as the show goes on but a really brilliant unexpected ending to that that first episode it's a big sort of a major thing happens you know, right at the end of the first episode and then for me after that it does shift and slow down a little bit i felt it it became a little bit more confused and confusing in its storytelling but what i will say for is it's shot on on a on film in a four three aspect ratio and it's just stunningly beautiful i think it really is like almost every shot is gorgeous um, yeah, the visuals are amazing, um, and I haven't looked up his name, but the DOP, absolutely amazing job. There is, I won't spoil anything, but there's a really, really gorgeous sequence, the extended sequence in the final episode, which was incredible. Yeah, but yeah I, I think it really hangs on that that dynamic between the young friends. It is a coming-of-age story, in a way, yeah. and uh, the relationship between the group of uh, five kids, and also there's a, a bully figure called Angelo, who plays a significant role in the show. Yeah, I mean, certainly by the, the episode that I've got to, like, he begs Jody for a miracle, and yet he used to bully him. I mean, that that was that was a really good scene. Looking at how the the community reacts to Jody and, and what he's able to do, I think is is really, really fascinating. And, you know, it did make me think, well, how would it have been for Jesus in being able to do all of these different things? So you get the the sense of fame kind of coming in. It's, it's a well-told story, that idea of someone being suddenly thrust into this position where everybody is idolising them. That's, you know, it's, it's not a new story. It's been told before. Absolutely. And let's face it, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I think it's set up well for, like, again, I'm not going to spoil anything. I think it's set up well for a, a second season of this show. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a three book series, so potentially, I think if it gets a, a good reaction, it's currently number seven on Netflix's top ten in the UK. And Netflix do have a habit of cutting things, but they've Mark Miller's signed a deal with Netflix. I think they bought Miller World, which was his publishing branch. So he has got a deal. I know that Jupiter's Legacy, that he one of the books that they adapted, didn't go very well. But I think I, I would be really excited about a second season of this. It's a fascinating watch. Yeah, I would agree. It's definitely a fascinating watch. That's a good word. I also, where I'm at, the way that the community starts to worship him and kind of put him on a pedestal. And as you say, the kind of pressure of that on him, but also it seems to be part of human nature that many people they find their messiah or their religion or that's something that we 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 know happens i mean we see it with all the various organized religions in in our lifetime and i think they did that very well that kind of turn because initially the village holy man priest church leader doesn't respect jody and then is completely won over and becomes, you know, one of his biggest disciples. There's also a transsexual character called Elvis in there, who is the who is sibling to that, that character you're just talking about. And I think that's, a, that's again, some lovely storylines and, and moments between them in the show. It doesn't give you easy answers at any point, I think, yeah. with the show. There's lots of little scenes and flashbacks and moments, and you do kind of have to join some of the dots together yourself, which I enjoyed. 
about mm. it. I, and I, I, I loved, like, with the story of Jesus, that these miracles aren't explained, that they happen. You know, there's no scientific proof or explanation. They just happen. Yeah, and are accepted as, as the third coming yeah. of uh, I wrote up during the first episode. I wrote unknown pasts and uncertain futures. <laughs> that was quite exciting. So, yeah, a recommendation from me, definitely, and from me. So, what else have you been watching, but, Adam? So, I've been watching Shelter, which was the other new show out this week. The first three episodes mm. of this have been dropped on Prime Video, and I think it comes out on Fridays every week afterwards. This is the story of I've forgotten the th- character's name. Somebody Bolitar, Mikey. Oh, okay who's a young lad who's, it's not a spoiler because it happens very early on, but his, um, he sees his father die in a car accident. And then he has to go to a new town, a new school, and sort of mysteries unfold from there. It's based on a Harlan Coben story. It's a, it's a YA Harlan Coben mystery. And initially, this was quite tropey, I felt. There was a nerdy kid uh, who was actually quite cool. We meet Bat Lady. Uh, there's a jock and a cheerleader, there's a love interest, there's even a bad guy with a beard, and this all happens within the first 15 minutes. But I think they do a really good job of making it feel authentic. So it's a tribute to the cast and the writing and the direction of this, that whilst it had all of these tropes in, it never felt like it was unoriginal. Essentially what happens is that he, he meets this girl on his first day at this new school. They kind of hit it off pretty quickly and then she, she disappears. So it's kind of about his efforts to discover what's happened to her, which he does alongside two friends. So he, he meets uh, this nerdy kid I mentioned earlier, uh, this kid called Spoons, who I think is brilliant as a character. I really, really love him. And also Ema, who's kind of an emo goth girl. Yeah, I, I've watched the first two episodes and I'm, I'll keep watching. Um, I agree with you about kind of certain tropes. I do think the mystery behind his dad, who he thinks he saw his dad die, but he's now hearing that his dad still exists. So I think that kind of mystery holds attention. Bat Lady, I can't work out how that fits in. And to be honest, I'm not sure I care about her. But, I mean, the actor who plays Mikey is really watchable. Um, and the relationship between the three, you know, him and his two friends. Um, I love the comic character of his mate, who's like his buddy assigned at school and reminds me of the best friend in the Wonder Years, can't remember his, his, his name, but he's also reflected in The Simpsons as a character in The Simpsons that is clearly based on him. I would say it's worth a watch. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, it, it's not something that I would say, oh, my God, you have to watch this. You know, it's not like The Traitors or Succession or Better Call Soul, where nobody can shut me up about how good it is. <laughs> um, but I, I would, yeah, I, I would say it's it's definitely worth giving a go. Yeah, I guess my criticism of the second and third episode is there's there's a lot of mysteries going on, and sometimes it's quite hard to get your head around everything that's happening. Uh, Bat Lady's played by Tova Felchu, obviously from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the Alexandria head honcho at the Alexa- Alexandria when they yep. they first. So great to see her her again. But yeah, I'm definitely going to keep watching this. Uh, there's enough mystery in there to keep me hooked. 
and yeah, it's a decent, as you say, a decent, decent show. If you enjoy those kind of mysteries, then I think you'll love this. The other show that I've finished now, Neil, is Heartstopper. Oh, I'm so happy. What did you think? They're like puppy dogs, aren't they? Those two leads. <laughs> They're very watchable, utterly lovable. I think season two does a good job at stretching the cast out further. You know, we delve into asexuality. Some of the storylines did drag a little bit, and occasionally I wanted a bit more than the sexuality conversation. But yeah. it handles that conversation in depth and from multiple angles. And I think it's massively valuable because of that. But yeah, it, everything works in harmony in this show. The, the sort of brightness of it all, the added graphics, the music choices, cinematography, the performances, everything is kind of working really, really beautifully to create this cohesive, fantastic, wonderful show. It is. I mean, honestly, it's it's an amazing series um and the books are amazing as well series one was very loyal to the first book season two uses a bit of book three as well as most of book two it's just you say they're, they're just adorable and kind of like sex education in the sense that it deals with issues the young people and in the case of heartstopper young people who are questioning and exploring their sexuality I think it, it's really responsible in that. I think it's great that they also, I mean, they'd already introduced trans, but that they've also introduced asexuality. I just think it's just fantastic storytelling. The performers are all great. My heart goes out to Kit Connor, who plays Nick, whose character is bisexual. The first season looks at him understanding the feelings that he had or has about being attracted to both male and female. And then season two, I mean, he's already come out, but he's he's kind of exploring where that is. And after season one, Kit Connor said on his Twitter account, okay, I'm bisexual. Thanks for making an 18-year-old come out before I'm ready. And I thought that was, it, it just said a lot about social media. He also said, well done for missing the point of this show because he had a whole load of not social media bullying, but well, I suppose it was bullying because they were constantly speculating and demanding specific answers. And he's, I mean, he's probably 19 now, but even so, that's still very young to decide what your sexuality is. I think, I think the show is absolutely awesome and Certainly a must-watch for anyone in their teens or early 20s that are still questioning. But also for those that might be very secure in their sexuality, but to understand what those that aren't go through. Yeah, the insight that it gives into the complexity of of coming out and what, and what that's like for a young person is exceptional. And I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Those that are ignorant of that it's a really, really valuable watch. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, great performances. Olivia Coleman is almost like a cameo as a character, but she's so, so supportive and so understanding. And I think what every mother should be, whatever sexuality their children decide upon. Yeah. There's my, my one quibble for the show was the bonfire was, was constructed from very good-looking wood. <laughs> but yeah Netflix well, right yeah if you've been watching anything else Neil 
I just finished season two of Only Murders in the Building. Now, I wasn't really attracted towards this show. I saw it was there. I'm a huge fan of Steve Martin when he was like the jerk and the three amigos and people wear plaid and, you know, all of those early things I absolutely loved. And Roxanne, you know, I loved those. And then he went through a period of not really producing good work and kind of disappeared as well. And similar kind of with Martin Short. He was also great in Three Amigos and oh, what's the show where they minimalize and go into someone's body? Is it in a space or yeah, in a space. But also he also hasn't produced a whole load of work. So when they did this, I kind of thought, oh, this is a vehicle for them. I, I'm I'm not interested in this. Anyway, my flatmate was like, oh, I've heard this is really good. And also, I, I think I remember you saying it's really good as well, Adam. And so one night we thought, well, let's just watch the first two episodes. And then at one in the morning, we were like, there's only two episodes left. We, 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 we've got to stay up. <laughs> like, like, it really is one of those shows that I would equate in its format to like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, where if you binge it, you just absolutely have to watch the next episode. So yeah, series one, one night, series two, another. He's on he's visiting his parents this weekend, so I'm gonna have to wait until he's <laughs> back before we put aside an evening to watch series three. But absolutely love it. I cannot recommend it enough. And it's absolutely great for binge watching. If just make sure you've given yourself time because you will literally be like, I just need to watch the next episode. Fantastic cameos from Nathan Lane, Shelley McLean, Carla Delevingne. I cannot recommend it enough. It's been a huge joy those two evenings. How great is the um, the stunt woman for uh, <laughs> the woman from Glee? I can't remember the actress's name. No, she is absolutely fantastic. She really, really is. And also you get bits of Steve Martin doing his kind of physical comedy stuff, which he was great in, in, you know, early shows like Dirty Watch Scoundrels and and The Jerk and all of that. He does some amazing physical comedy that just reminds you about how how good he was, but also clearly how good he still is. Yeah, it was Jane Lynch, is the name of that actress. That's it, yes. Yeah, she's, she's one of my favourites in it. Um, but yeah, third season is now up to episode four, but Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd are in this one. Um, awesome! And it is just as good as those first two seasons, definitely. I knew the third series had been released. I just assumed it was released in all one go. Oh my God, that means me and Martin are going to have to watch it episode by episode, or at least after we've, we've binged the first four. Yeah, I definitely think it's one of those where it's it's frustrating to have to wait weekly for it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I am really enjoying the, the third season. Great. Well, yeah, huge recommend for me. Clearly a huge recommend for you, Adam. Um, so there's a couple more bits coming out. I mentioned a few bits with Izzy and Grace earlier, but um, already out now is the second season of Invasion on Apple TV, a sweeping character-driven science fiction drama series that follows an alien invasion through different perspectives around the world. In season two, the aliens have adapted. Humanity will too. I <laughs> I didn't watch season one of this, 
because I heard negative things about it. It was apparently quite slow. But I have heard more positive things about season two. It's not going to go on my watch list just yet, but I might pick it up at some point. Actually, Adam, have you watched The Traitors Australia? Yes. So, I mean, both of us absolutely loved The Traitors UK. I remember you describing it as TV crack. (laughs) <laughs> and and having a go at me for for even telling you about it, staying up till like four in the morning, binging it. I watched yeah. it in twelve hours, from ten o'clock at night till ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. It really was amazing. And I watched the Traitors US, the American version, and stopped after a, a couple of episodes. I, I thought it was really dull. I mean, I love Alan Cumming. But no, just I, I don't think how anything can live up to the original. I kind of say that with Star Wars when people talk to me about Star Wars in the Empire Strikes Back and Rogue One are probably my two favorite Star Wars films. But you can't beat the first one, the one that started it all off. And that's how I felt about the traitors with the UK version with Claudia Winkleman, who I absolutely love. But then I watched Australia's, uh, Australia's, Traitors Australia. Amazing, seriously gripping, one of the best bits of TV I've I've watched in, uh, well, probably since Succession. I mean, it is all about the, the people they pick, right? And they've got such yeah. a brilliant cast in Traitors Australia. There's so many great characters in there. Really, really enjoyed watching that. Have you finished it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I finished it a while ago. And my sister has recently finished it, like in the last couple of days. And our family WhatsApp group has just been loads of messages from her and the rest of us who've all finished it. Just trying not to spoil, but loving, kind of reliving it with her because it's so tense right up until the last minute could criticize that maybe there's some slowness early on because they've got a lot of players there's like 26 or 24 of them and i love roger the host no doubt a descendant of roger the cabin boy yeah it's it's just you're addicted right until the last minute of the last episode um it's it's fantastic it really is well there's another second season of something coming out this week which is the tower season two this Mm. one's called Death Message. It comes out on Monday, the 28th of August, on the ITV. And this sees the return of Gemma Whelan and Jimmy Akimbola in another of Kate London's thrilling novels adapted by screenwriter Patrick Harbinson. This is a four-parter and it deals with the ramifications of a domestic violence case. Also starring Tahira Sharif, who was BAFTA nominated for season one, and Emmett J. Scanlon. Uh, This is one that I definitely will be watching. I really enjoyed the first season of The Tower. I'm a big fan of Gemma Whelan. Yeah, no, I, I'm a huge fan of Gemma Whelan. Um, I mean, Game of Thrones is the obvious one, but she's done lots of other really good stuff and stuff in the West End, bits-wise. A few other bits coming out this week of stuff that I've never watched. So season four of Miracle Workers, this one's called End Times, which is a workplace comedy starring Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. That comes to Sky Comedy and Now TV on the 28th. Starstruck Season 3, which is uh, Rose Matafeo's show, comes to the BBC on the 28th. I have heard very good things about Starstruck. So it's one that I've been meaning to watch. There's the second season of prison drama Screw, which comes to Channel 4. Have you seen, Neil, the Daryl Dixon trailer? Yes, I have. 
it's really exciting, but it's at the moment doesn't seem to be available, just like with Dead City. But it's such a shame that it's not available for a more international audience. Obviously, you can get a VPN and, and get an AC, AMC subscription and do it that way. But I thought the trailer looked stunning, and I really, I think this, I was more excited about this one than I was about Dead City, but it looked really, really good. So hopefully that will come to the UK soon. Sort it out, people. A couple of other bits of news. Uh, Prime Video cancelled the second seasons of A League of Their Own and Peripheral due to the ongoing. Sure, it won't be the, the last shows that are, are cancelled, but a big shame for A League of Their Own, which I would highly recommend. I think the first season of that, definitely stands up as a single season and is well worth watching i enjoyed peripheral if you like your sci-fi i think that's a good show as well and then we also had some first look photos released for monarch legacy of monsters starring kurt russell and kurt's son wyatt russell nepo baby this is part of the godzilla king kong monster verse so if you enjoyed those movies uh, i think the, the images for this look quite exciting and where can you watch each of those a league of their own's on prime video that's on Prime Video, uh, definitely worth watching. Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, I'm not sure. I think that might be coming out to... Yeah, it's an Apple TV show, so that will be coming out at some point in the future on Apple TV. But I think that's it for news for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've got no news. I mean, there, there's loads of shows that I would like to watch and will do. At the moment, for me, it is season three of Only Murders in the Building. There is another show... Um, coming to the BBC, I think on the 29th of August, called The Following is Based on a Pack of Lies, which I haven't done a whole load of research on, but has got some good people in it, including uh, Romola Garay. Yeah, I I think we'll have to update on that next time around. But I think I'll watch this episode this this week is going to be The Woman in the Wall, starring uh, Ruth Wilson and Darren McCormack. Cool. Okay. Well, happy watching. Yeah, we'll be back soon. Give us a follow on the social media at TVDNAPod or email TVDNAPod at gmail.com with your thoughts. And we will be back with another Watch This episode very soon. Goodbye. Keep watching. Whatever Ruth touches. Ruth, blub, 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 blub. Whatever. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I try one more time? Yeah, go for it. Whatever Ruth Wilson touches turns to gold. There we go. You did it.